Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. The American Federation of Teachers has a public image problem as increasing numbers of parents become aware of the union's involvement in prolonging destructive restrictions on school children in the name of protecting them from coronavirus, most notably school lockdowns, which despite widespread evidence that they did not control viral spread and harm students' educations, possibly permanently, continue in places like Flint, Michigan, and force masking orders throughout the country. But rather than enable children to resume their childhoods, Randy Weingarten's union is challenging the union's image problem with the classical trick, control of the narratives put before children. The AFT formed a partnership with NewsGuard, a rating group that tracks the supposed trustworthiness of news outlets to bring its rating tools into classrooms. And in news that shouldn't surprise anyone, NewsGuard leans to the left. Joining me to discuss the troubling partnership and NewsGuard's alignments is Dan Gaynor, Vice President for Free Speech America at the Media Research Center. Uh, Dan, before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you guys do over at MRC? Well, the Media Research Center has been around. This is our 35th anniversary year, and we've been a check and a balance against liberal bias. Initially, that meant yeah, pretty much ABC, CBS, and NBC, and it expanded over the years to include you know, cable channels and then the Internet. And when everything started going south as far as online freedom, we got involved in that, too. And then, you know, Probably about four years ago, we actually launched what we now call Free Speech America. Okay. So let's, uh, let's start talking about NewsGuard and the Teachers Union. Uh, what, did they, what did they announce? What, 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 what was the announcement? They announced a partnership. So let's backtrack a little bit. What is NewsGuard? That, you know, most people spend time on the Internet are familiar with the fact checkers. Fact checkers, you know, you're sort of poli- your classical politifact, Washington Post, right? Exactly. They're uh, all approved through factcheck.org. Yep. It all all works. They all go through this pipeline of the Pointer Institute, and then Stephen Brill and his partners got together. Stephen Brill is a a newspaper journalist entrepreneur, very sharp guy. Well, I think he figured out, you know, those are all t- tiny little nonprofits, and none of them are really making good money. I can make big money at this. And so Steve Brill decided to end run all of them and create his own infrastructure. And that is NewsGuard. NewsGuard rates not stories. NewsGuard rates websites. And now they want to evolve into rating uh, broadcast media and cable media and Internet and all, basically everything. So what, what, are, what are these ratings ostensibly based on? So they, they have broken down into a whole bunch of categories, but basically, can, are you a trustworthy website? Do you do good reporting? Do you go, do good information? Or can, can people count on you? And it, it's a, on a 100 rating system. But, of course, it leans, because Stephen Brill's background is legacy journalism, it leans wildly toward legacy journalism. So we said, all right, well, it's hard to put a finger on this because basically everybody's list of media is skewed. Do you consider NPR to be biased? Of course we do. It's, it's wildly biased. Mm-hmm. But people on the left do not. 
they consider, you know, I mean, somebody texted me today on Twitter saying that Politico was right wing. Like, you know, so, so, so we've been, we look for a long time. We found, though, an independent list that I don't even entirely agree with, but it's still an independent list. Hmm. And it comes from a group called All Sides. All Sides also does, does, um, Ratings are just like where people, find, where organizations, websites land on the political it's an, spectrum. Is, is it an est- estimation of where they are on the yeah. political spectrum? And so they have this chart that roams around the internet a lot. And I've seen different versions of it. And theirs is better than most, uh, maybe better all the ones I've found. I'm not sure. But it breaks down where uh, news organizations land, center, lean left, left wing, lean right, right wing, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. so we looked at their chart and said, well... Other than the opinion sites, let's look and see how NewsGuard rated these different websites. Seemed pretty, you know, a nice, you got a neutral list. We didn't right. come up with a list. And so the ones on the left um, rated 93%, the ones on the right, 66 mm-hmm. uh, And And this, of course, is, at least to me, as somebody familiar with the teachers unions and what an what an institutional cog they fill in the left progressive movement and democratic politics uh look that this immediately sets off red flags for me well of course and for everybody and so and it, and it should have so so we wrote this piece and it took newsguard a few weeks to kind of work around to, to like oh we don't like this because people are starting to cite it and uh mm-hmm. you know lots of different outlets cited it uh, you know, Fox, and Dan Bongino, and, you know, it started to float around like, ooh, we better deal with this because uh, one of my favorite movies, Blazing Saddles, uh, there's a great line in it, we've got to protect our phony baloney jobs. So, <laughs> and so that's what that's, it's okay. Blazing Saddles is Mel Brooks, right? What was that? Wait, that that's a, oh, that's a Mel Brooks it's, 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 Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say so. The most controversial thing I'm going to say in this this uh, podcast, it's Mel Brooks' second best movie. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm, um, a, I'm a fan of the original producers, so I, I'm just going to I'm just going to play the the, ori- the original producer. The original producers is pretty good. Yeah. Back to NewsGuard. <laughs> okay, so so we sent us a NewsGuard did not take kindly to this. He sent us a you know um, a letter to the editor. We actually posted the. The, the you know the full text in a PDF, but we you know gave the summary and then gave our response. And their whole point seemed to be, well, you guys cherry picked. I'm like, well, actually, you don't understand what the word cherry picking really means, do you? Mm-hmm. We took an independent list from a group that has actually been credentialed even by Pointer Institute, which you know left wing. Yeah, which oh. is which is a liberal a liberal. Outfit. Right. So we said, took their list and said, OK, well, simply, how does NewsGuard rate these? And then I love this, that, you know, as part of their response, they said, well, you have to look like, for instance, we you know, you didn't look at our whole universe of seventy five hundred different websites like they expect us to to figure right, out. Yeah, that's which, that's I mean, it's, just, it's classic yeah. smokescreen. And then he said, we also you know, we rate some conservative organizations very highly. And then they cited, I love this, they cited the Daily Caller. Um, now, the Daily Caller got re-rated four days after our report came out. <laughs> um, our report, um, in our, you know, because we grabbed a screen grab, 
of of what they were they rated of, of course the internet the as the, as the saying goes the internet is forever yes they rated um daily caller at 70 by the time they sent their note to us i think it was 92.5 oh see we rate them well mm. yes this is what that happened is, that is that is a about. that is a curious uh, so I, I guess i guess that raises a question did they def like did they outline their methodology at all or is this well, just they have a methodology they, they just spit out they just spit out numbers but they they have a methodology but it's crap <laughs> because it's an all or nothing methodology and even all sides i this i all sides responded to the newsguard comment as well mm -hmm. um they said all sides said something i would 100 percent agree with which is that no news organization deserves a rating of 100 and, yeah. and so that was, but you can get a hundred. So you know who's got a hundred for NewsGuard? I presume it's the New York Times, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal. That's too, Buzz BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed's got a hundred for New York Times. And you know where the steel I, I dust is? I distinctly recall BuzzFeed published a particularly salacious and particularly factually challenged document shortly after the 2016 elections with uh, that uh, let's just say caused quite a bit of controversy uh -huh. and was never substantiated. And they stand by it and it's still on their website, but they've got a hundred. So, you know, you're not supposed to raise questions about our methodology, but they're a hundred. They're, they're, their journalism is to not be challenged. So that is, that, so is, that, that, is, that is a, that is a strong indictment of NewsGuard's methodology. Right. Well, I mean, of NewsGuard in general. So when NewsGuard cut a deal with the 1.7 million member American Federation of Teachers, NewsGuard, which is telling us we are neutral. So who did they cut a deal with? One of the most controversial left-wing public employee unions in the country. Because that, if you were really conscious of conservative complaints and really worried about being seen as. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean let's, lay, let's lay conservative liberal out of it. If you were interested in playing down the middle, playing neutral, playing the role of a referee, jumping in with Randy Weingarten, who was mooted in 2016 of being Secretary of Education had Clinton won, who is intimately linked with the Democratic Party. I believe at various times it sat on the DNC. Um, that's not how you show that you're neutral and, you know, and that, that you're a referee. You're, you're putting on a team jersey. Well, and I mean, they already, so our point is they already had the team jersey on, but that's where you're like, you're going to the souvenir stand and buying you're, you're, take, you're taking, you're taking the stripes off and showing that you have, have been wearing a jersey the whole time. Yeah. And so, so, but this is, this is the problem, not just with NewsGuard. This is NewsGuard, NewsGuard has, like I said, trying to turn this into a marketable commodity to do this. But this is what, this is the problem we've had with the fact checkers all along. And so now NewsGuard, NewsGuard is like the fact checkers on steroids and cocaine. You know, it's like, okay, we just, it's this powerful berserk threat to the entire freedom of the internet because their goal is to demonetize the bad people. Well, you know who the bad people are. The bad people are the people who criticize the American Federation of Teachers and NewsGuard. And now, and now obviously you bring it into schools you know, you block, you know, if you say, oh, you need a minimum such and such rating from NewsGuard, 
in order to be in, I think this was aimed at middle and high schoolers, you know, all of a sudden you've curated, you've done a, a great deal of curation of news and lo and behold, it has an ideological bent that appears to match the teachers' unions. And you, what in effect you do is you basically have controlled what kids can cite in their classrooms, what kids can read in their schools. Uh, you know, you've Wikipedia'd the entire school system. And by that, I mean you basically took something that is completely untrustworthy and applied as an overlay to everything kids can cite. Because Wikipedia is trash. Um, you know, and so, so what you've done is you know, in, you're influencing what kids can read, what they're allowed to write, what they're allowed to cite, and you've given it a patina of respectability. And then NewsGuard just made a, a deal with um, Canadian media because they're injecting themselves into Canada. So they are going. They're, they're, they have global aspirations just like Germany. <laughs> you know, they want to conquer the world, just like just like you know, she's China right now. They want to conquer mm-hmm. the world with their government. Well, it, it, and you, it's interesting you bring up uh, Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist regime because. In NewsGuard's ratings, your report says that some out media outlets that are controlled by the CCP directly or by members of the CCP have been rated pretty highly, even as they are subjects. Obviously, the ones that are CCP are just outright propaganda. The ones that are controlled by members of the CCP are subject to CCP policy and CCP uh censorship and ideological discipline. So I can read in major news outlets in America that the South China Morning Post, Jack Ma's you know, publication, that I can read it. Jack, Jack Ma's the CEO of Alibaba, yeah. who is, I believe he, I believe your reporting is that he is a member of the Chinese Communist yeah. Party. Yeah, but I mean, he's certainly been disciplined and under, under the thrall of the Chinese Communist Party. But, but uh, that, that, South China Morning Post is wildly under the influence now of the Communist Party. That it influences that this is projection of what they call soft power. I would use air quotes, but my shoulder's still healing. Um, so soft power, they do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, 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 notion, the notion that a, a country, a prospective global hegemon or global power, rather than using its army, uses propaganda, uses... Uh, cultural products uses its economy to influence other other countries that it wishes to bring under its sphere of influence. Whereas Newsmax, OAN, and others, Newsmax I think is in the '40s. Jack Ma's South China Morning Post is, you know, in the '80s. <laughs> News card rating, you know. How do you you know? And so people are taking this seriously. You know, you've got NewsGuard being interviewed on reliable sources, the the bogus uh, media program that's seen. Well, I mean, I mean, to to be fair, Brian Stelzer, the host of that program, has brought on Dan Rather, who is, of course, uh, he left uh, CBS after an incident involving the publication of forged documents alleging George W. Bush had misrepresented as Air National Guard Service. Basically, when Dan Rather... I mean, you know, very, a, very, a very reliable source, yeah. Mr. Rather, when, has proven over his career. When Rather tried to fix the presidential election. So, you know, I mean, that's... And so who tried to recredential him but Brian Stelter? 
But still, Brian Selter and others have put reliable of of, of, CN, of CNN, and we are recording. I believe it is the day after Jeff Zucker, the head of CNN, uh, resigned for ethical uh, for ethical issues related to an affair that he was having. Yeah, and that's all we know so far. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is the stated reason that Zucker resigned. <laughs> yes. That's not, there's there. There is intimation uh, from many different journalists, including CNN, that they might be expecting other shoes to fall. So who knows? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Watch MRC because they will be on top of it when in if and when any other shoes drop. But the point is that conservatives aren't getting a fair shape on NewsGuard. But even Chinese communists do. And, and so, you know, center-right media, oh, we don't care about that. So, and there's no appeal, really, for organizations. And we've gone through, you go through the mill when NewsGuard and these other fact-checkers reach out to you. And people, people at home don't understand this. They'll send you, you know, massive emails and documents you got to pull together and if you want to appeal you got to pull together all sorts of information and then they will reject you you got to it's it is hours and hours of work and almost universally at a senior staff level so some idiot from a typical fact checker some idiot who's a 20 year old college student who's an intern with one of the fact checkers dings your organization can it can interfere with your ability to reach all of your followers. We got 13 million followers on Facebook. Yeah, and this and this is on the this is on the tech platforms. Yeah, because I know I know certainly Facebook has, you know, their roster of fact checkers that they they can deboot. I think deboost is the term. If right, you, but they, if they, they still they do too through, many times. They still go through the Pointer Institute's fact checkers because they've out. What mm-hmm. they did, they outsourced censorship. So they, they, you know, at least in that way, they claim they, they don't censor. It's these people who censor for us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've just, we've just tasked these people to decide who gets promoted and who doesn't. That's not us censoring. It's just, right. it's them. We just pay the money. <laughs> so it's the same, it's the same problem. You know, you, so you have to dissect what, this massive thing. And if you go to it, someone's news guard rating. You, you look at it, they've got all the backup documentation, the back and forth between organizations. It's tedious. And that's the problem. They've, they've set up a thing so that independent organizations, small organizations are always screwed by it. Mm-hmm. And large organizations, oh, yeah, well, we had, you know, our support staff deal with that. Right. If, if, you're, a, if you're a shop with 20 people, you're in a lot more of a difficult spot than if you have a couple thousand. And if you, if you are pro-abortion over pro-life, for instance. Well, and, and that was actually something I was going to bring up about their methodology. I was going to ask about their methodology. Does, you know, one of the sort of classical ways that the fact checkers, that establishment institutions, I know with judicial nominees, the Bar Association does this, uh, that they'll set They'll basically deem a contested area of politics. You mentioned abortion. Uh, you know, we could think of things like COVID lockdowns. We could think of things like gun control. Uh, you know, things that are con- that are hotly contested in politics and in public life. They just deem one side correct, the other side false, and rate you based on that. Does, does NewsGuard do that? Yeah, it, particularly in pro life, and that's one of the that's one of the areas that we encountered. It. There's probably there's probably others. And 
you know, it's like peeling an onion. And not to mm-hmm. go all Shrek on the on my metaphors here, but you know, you you have to kind of dig into it. So I assume they're probably bad on guns, but we haven't gotten into that one yet. But yes, we've we, we've noticed it just from our own experience uh, with with pro life questions. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Is there anything else that that I mean we've we've touched on quite a bit with NewsGuard? Is there anything else on on that issue or any other issue oh, yeah. that you think that you'd Here's a point I want everybody to get about because we, you know, and first of all, we we run a website called censortrack.org, which is a, you know, media people will always tell you there's no censorship of conservatives. And the way the Internet's designed is hard to prove. So we, you know, include a whole thing. Except except for all the except for all the examples of it happening. Well, that's what we mentioned. You mentioned you mentioned Dan, you mentioned Dan Bongino who got kicked off. I think it was YouTube. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's pretty obvious. Right. So we include, but so we're, we have a database for all of those. But the reason why it's difficult to prove is because everybody's experience online is different than everybody else's. It's not like, you know, radio or TV where everybody has the same experience. But so the point I wanted to make, though, and this is for everyone listening at home right now, if you think about online censorship, first of all, it's not just free speech. It's everything you do in life. It's if they if you we let them censor us online, they're going to censor our faith. They're going to censor our our politics. They're going to censor your job. They're going to censor your school, what you sell, what you buy. They're you know. I mean, I mean, in the age of I mean, in the age of lockdowns, also that so much, and and the age of the met, you know, the the interaction of the metaverse and lockdowns puts basically all of public life into a place where it can be controlled by these private actors. I mean, that's extremely, you know, I mean, maybe it's a little, a little tinfoil hat to talk about at this point, but there's certainly the possibility of it. And, you know, their track record is not good. And then the other key point, when someone is censored, they're not the only ones censored. Everyone who wants to follow that person, read that person, listen to that person, see that person is censored as well. So when Donald Trump, who had 90 million followers on Twitter, when they shut him down. Oh, when he was the, when he was the president of the United States. Yeah. Even if for but you know, when they shut him down, weeks. They shut him down to not just the population, but certainly to those 90 million people who were following him. When, when they interfere with members of Congress, interfering with our elections, and yet they're allowed to do it. Who put them in charge of our rights online does does it come well, and, and even and even you know if we lay aside if we lay aside the rights question you know who made them the arbiters of the public square you know it, it you know that's it's our, our legal frameworks as i understand them kind of don't have a good grasp on a situation where you know five companies private actors all built these public squares and now are attempting to rule them even to an even greater extent than maybe they they used to uh in a i mean you guys you could call it a partisan fashion an ideological fashion i don't i don't have a good word for it yeah i mean partisan ideological Detrimental to free to to freedom. Detrimental to the, our republic. If five countries started interfering in American life day to day, 
and stop interfering in American elections and interfering in American church and business and all sorts of things. And we told them, oh, by the way, you have to stop. And they didn't. We take a lot firmer action than I think you and I would like to see taken against these companies. They, mm -hmm. they, you know, the Constitution for all of us does not necessarily stop online. But even if it does, they're still, they should be exporting American freedom, not importing Chinese social media policies. Yeah, no, that, uh, and that's a, that, that's a, that's a very, a very good point. I mean, as a very, as a person who's, you know, I'm very sympathetic to free trade, but one thing that I will say is that when we opened to China, the idea was that they would open to us, and it has, in fact, been the other way around. <laughs> yeah, in retrospect, the, the thing that Nixon is remembered for mm -hmm. as being the worst thing he did is not the thing, the worst thing he did. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank you again to Dan Gaynor of Media Research Center for joining us. We will include a link to his colleague's work critiquing NewsGuard's biases in today's show notes. That's our show for this week. We encourage our listeners to subscribe on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have subscribed, thank you. And please leave us a five-star rating. Those ratings really help us find new listeners, especially if they come with a positive review. We'll see you all next week.